as you all know, there are ancient quotes that have been repeated over and over again and of famous individuals. Plato, who lived over 400 years before Jesus, said, we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tra tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. Or Pythagoras, a Greek mathematician and philosopher who lived uh, 570 years before Christ, who said, do not say a little in many words, but try to say a great deal in a few. Or, and today, the world is full of celebrity gurus who drip their made-up words of comfort on their thousands and, in some cases, millions of gullible followers who are always looking for at least a moment of a feel-good experience, whatever that means. From the well-known Tony Robbins, who is, who is absolutely convinced that the power is within you, or the newer and younger inspirational providers who tell us that you, you, you are the most important and all you, you, you need to do is to celebrate yourself, whatever that means. Although today's gurus are obsessed with themselves and addicted to their looks, many from ancient times until today have offered us inspiration that focuses on belief in yourself and success. Perhaps those two words uh, have become the motto or the only two words in many people's vocabulary, you and success, and how you can be successful. Forget everyone else around the world and forget everyone else. And because of this, some have criticized the church for not offering more of a positive message. At the heart of the Christian faith is a cross with Jesus crucified, which focuses, of course, on sacrifice and suffering, but then, of course, also redemption. If we listen very careful to today's readings, both the one from St. Paul's letter to the Romans and the Gospel of Matthew, the message and the words of both Jesus and the apostles are not just a little different, they are radically different and point in a completely different direction than the words of wisdom or comfort that we hear around us. The focus of the gospel is not on you, 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 but on God, 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 who gives you, you, you the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the second, if we will, very important element of the gospel is that if there is a focus on you, it is on how you can sacrifice your day-to-day -day pleasures for the good of others. In other words, God has given you gifts, not just for your own celebration, but God has given you gifts to share and as a means to serve others. Let us look at how the messages that surround us are totally contrary to the words of the gospel and how the words of the gospel challenge us to look a little deeper than just these passing words around us. In St. Paul's letter to the Romans, in chapter 5, verses 1 to 10, he starts off by saying 
that we are justified by faith. What does that mean? That means faith is a relationship. Faith is not a good, a feel-good experience. Actually, he starts off with a, with a small word that is always important since we are justified by faith. In other words, for us to be assume and to assure ourselves that we are justified by faith, and since we have been justified by faith, he goes on to say we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, God has died for us on the cross. God has given us his life. And faith is that response to God's gift on the cross. And because of that, St. Paul is able to go to verse 2 and say, through him we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in our hope of sharing the glory of God. Notice these key words. The grace, we stand, we rejoice, and we have hope. Not in our own ability to feel good about ourselves, but in our ability to recognize the gift that God has given us and to rejoice in that. And because of that foundation in verses 1 and 2 of St. Paul's letter to the, to the Romans, he is able then to go on to verse 3 and stating something that I have never seen on a plaque, on a wall, and has never been repeated as um, a feel-good experience saying, in which he says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. All of us do not want to suffer. In fact, the billion-dollar pharmaceutical industry gives us a pill for absolutely every single discomfort. Not that we don't need pills for certain things, but sometimes people just simply say, I don't feel good, and they pop a bunch of random pills. Why? Because any sort of discomfort makes us feel as if we are not being fulfilled and we are not feeling good. But St. Paul does not tell us to rejoice in sufferings because we like either our pain or the pain of those around us. He actually gives us a very, ser a very a, a important series of reasons why we rejoice in our sufferings and how to authentically rejoice in our sufferings. And he says, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing, knowledge. We are convinced, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint. Why? Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, which has been given to us. Therefore, we rejoice in suffering because of the qualities, the virtues, and the gifts of endurance, character, hope, and the experience of God's love in us. This, once again, is completely contrary to the common so-called wisdom that is around us. St. Paul says this not because he is an inspirational speaker like the ones we find around us that only focus on their personal responsibility, but because St. Paul was very much rooted in his experience of the death and resurrection of Christ 
and his experience of what he shared with the apostles of what they experienced uh, Christ said and did through his life. In other words, St. Paul is not an isolated guru, but rooted in the message of the gospel that is the message of the gospel that we heard today from the gospel of Matthew. Where Christ very clearly sa says, and although it's always good to start from the top to the bottom, in the case of this gospel, it is actually best to start from the bottom to be convinced of the last thing that Jesus said and then to work our way to the logic of Jesus' presentation. Where Jesus says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be yours as well. In today's gospel, Jesus focuses on only two very small elements and that is what we are eating and what we are drinking. He says that the birds of the field, the lilies of the field, grow. The birds of the air don't reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. However, the saying of Christ to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness can actually be applied to absolutely everything that we do. When we listen to today's gurus, who focus on success, what they tell us to do is to list our priorities and then list how we are going to achieve those priorities. Today's gospel, and in fact the message of the entire gospel, is to not seek our own fulfillment and our own priorities, but seek first our relationship with God, and from that relationship with God, have a new way of interacting with each other. If you think of your life, think of the things that you responded to very quickly because of comfort that later on led you in, a, in the wrong direction. But think of the things that you have sacrificed, whether a word of patience or, or raising a child or patience with a husband or wife. That is not always easy. However, what has that led to in a positive friendship that lasts for much longer than just a minute or two. And if we think of the problems that we have in society, all of them are rooted in this obsession with ourselves. Whether it be in marriage, and when I first heard this statement, I thought it was odd, I thought it only referred to one person, but then later on heard it over and over again, where in marriage people leave each other and they say, we left each other because we did not feel fulfilled. I'm still not sure what that means. Marriage is not about feeling good and being fulfilled. It is about having somebody in your life to grow with in your relationship with God and someone who is a visible example of God's love for you, that you share your gifts and they share their gifts with you, and you live a life of sacrifice and joy as you raise a family. All these illnesses of society will not be cured by another quote, but they will be cured by us looking at ourselves, being honest with ourselves, looking at our failures and how short-sighted sometimes we are, but then also looking at our strengths and seeing the source of those times of happiness, not just times 
of momentarily joy. In conclusion, we want inspiration in our life, not the kind that sounds catchy, but one that is rooted in the good news of Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us. We need fulfillment in our friendships by giving ourselves an opportunity to be patient with each other and in what our classic Christian theology teaches of what is known as communion. First, communion, which means harmony with God, and communion is harmony and love, faith, and sacrifice with each other. This is the message of the gospel, one that is not popular, but one that leads to very long-lasting joy. Because when our life is rooted in faith, there is more meaning than just the instant happiness of the moment. And that is why, when we listen to the gospel and compare that to how we are living, we need to always realize that for us to grow in faith and to grow in love for God, we must first let go of ourselves in order to be able to hold on to God and then also to feel that God is strongly and generally holding on to us.